0: Hey sweet friends, this is Andrea and I'm your host for Inspire On The Go. I'm excited about the chance to talk about life, ministry, and our relationship with Jesus. I can't wait to see what God has in store. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Hey everybody, how are you doing today? Welcome to my bathroom. Okay, so obviously I am in my bathroom and I just have to tell you a little bit bit about that. I am pre-recording my video today, which is a praise. Uh, I I love it whenever I can get all my material done and and get it pre-recorded so I can schedule it and post it for you first thing on Monday morning. So let's just praise the Lord for that. But it is the weekend and my family's here and there's just all kinds of activity going on outside of my bathroom. So I'm coming to you today from my bathroom and hoping that that's okay, that we can handle that. I know there's a little bit of an echo, but I'll try not to get too excited so it won't be too exaggerated. We are in the middle of our Abraham study. Can you believe? I believe this is Week number five. We are on week five, and I am just learning so much. I am soaking into Abram's story, and honestly, I'm getting so much out of it. Um, I've been familiar with his story. I've studied it a number of times, but there's something about this journey through from the perspective of trusting God, and maybe even because of where I am in my journey with the Lord and the situations going on in my life, that it's really resonating. It's just really speaking truth. It's it's speaking direction into my heart and into my life where I can know, okay, this is the direction that God would have me to go. And this is the attitude that God would have me to display. And this is the reaction that God would have me um to, you know, to exhibit in this situation. And, and it's so much more than just outward things that I'm learning in this study. It's deep down heart issues. And anytime we can get down to the nitty-gritty uh, when it comes to our walk with God, it's so positive because you know the outcome of that is going to be spiritual fruit. So I'm enjoying this study and I'm enjoying this journey and I'm so thankful that you're on it with me. Uh, let's remember where we left Abram. Remember this is such a build upon story. It's a story of faith. And so we always want to remember where Abram was and what God did and how that positions him for this encounter, this moment with God. And so Genesis chapter 14, Abram was in that first recorded battle. He was in that first recorded war. And um, what we saw last week is that preparation really leads to blessing and it leads to protection and it leads to a clear focus and it leads to a strong resolve to live for the Lord, uh, to worship the Lord and to not accept less than God's best, which I think is what we saw um, Abram demonstrate when he had the chance to split that bounty with the king of Sodom. even though in the in the temporary it would have made sense because he would have collected more goods and more things and more resources and more experiences and you know all the things that the world tells us that we need he would have in a sense sold that legacy of faith and so uh, we we bring that experience into this encounter because what we're going to see in Genesis chapter 15 is that Abram's just plugging along. He's just living the life. He's just doing the thing and he has some honest questions. He has some deep concerns and they're probably smoldering in his life But God is going to work and orchestrate things in such a way that those concerns and those questions come to the surface so that God has a chance in his character, in his goodness, in his faithfulness, in his truthfulness to speak into those deep questions and those deep concerns. And I just want to jump in and say that our transforming truth for this week I hope it resonates with you because friends, it is resonating with me. And that is that God is sure he is steady. He is able, even in the midst of our questions and our doubts. So if you're struggling, this is a safe place for you. This is a a place where you can be honest about that. And in the midst of that honest moment before God and with each other, I pray that God speaks direction and that he speaks hope and that he speaks truth into your situations and into your circumstances. So let's pick up uh, Genesis chapter 15 and let's see what God is doing in Abram's life. As I said, he was plugging along with life. He was trusting God for a child, which would lead to a nation, which would ultimately lead to the Messiah. And so that's a big promise that God had put before Abram back in Genesis chapter 12. And Abram was waiting on the fulfillment of that promise. let's just pause right there and talk about the fact that waiting is really hard. Um, waiting in a sense, um, brings those questions and those doubts and those uncertainties to the surface. Uh, waiting, I think is often a sanctifying process uh, that it God uses in our lives to help us see really what our end game is or our end goal is, uh, through the waiting process, we figure out what do we really want in life or out of life. Um, and I'm sure that Abram had the highs and the lows in the waiting process, just like us. Maybe he wondered if he blew it. Maybe he wondered if he had disqualified himself. Maybe he wondered if God ever spoke to him uh, to begin with. Uh, we can all relate to the questions, to the doubts, to the con- concerns, to the... the the shame and the unknowns that tend to rise up within us in the waiting process. So that's that's the backstory. Today's scripture it has meant so much to me. Oftentimes when I study Genesis chapter 15, and I'm pretty familiar with this passage of scripture I will focus on the covenant portion of Genesis chapter 15, which comes in the second half. And I love to dig into the covenant and look at the different pieces and look at what God was, you know, communicating to Abram and to us. And I think that that's, that's so necessary. But this time through, as I was looking at Genesis chapter 15, what struck me was the heart of God to see Abram in his struggle and to not leave him there but to want more for Abram and to go to the honest place of truth with Abram and then to confirm it with the covenant. So as I've studied and as I've prepared, I think you'll hear that heart come out so much in our key points that God saw Abram, that God loved Abram, that God was with Abram, that God was Um, was helping him, even when Abram didn't know that he was struggling. And that's who we serve today. He's doing the same thing for us. Um, So today I think you're going to just hear an encouraging message from the heart of God to Abram, but also to us. Lord, we love you so much and we thank you for this opportunity to come to your word and for your word to encourage us, maybe in our waiting season, maybe in the midst of our questions and our doubts, Lord. Um, God, we thank you that you already know full well what's going on in each of our individual lives and there's not one thing that takes you by surprise. And there's not one thing that is too hard for you, Lord. And there's not one thing that leaves you guessing or wondering where we should go from here. And so God, we together as a community, as well as individually, we bring our questions to you. We bring our doubts, we bring our concerns, and we know that you are a safe place for us to be real and to be open and to be honest. And Father, we will see you as sure, as steady, as able, as loving, as capable, Lord, in the midst of our unknown situation. So speak to us now, Lord, we are listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going um, to, let me, let me say one thing before I get to Genesis chapter 15. In Genesis chapter 15, God is really dealing with two promises Uh, to Abram. One deals with land, which is going to come to fruition in the promised land. And one is legacy, which is going to come fruition with the birth of Isaac. And so whenever you come to Genesis chapter 15, you need to know that there's two questions at play in Abram's heart. This land that God had promised to him and this son that God had promised as well. So land issues and legacy issues. These two themes run throughout the Old Testament and there's a reason why. We're going to get into this in deep detail in our next study together. But the 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 land was very important because God was carving out a space for his chosen people, the nation of Israel. And it was a prime spot of land that God had promised to Abram and that he was going to provide to Abraham's descendants in the future. And we know it today as the promised land. It was that prime spot of land flowing with milk and honey. And we know because we've read the story that God does in fact Um, not only promised that land, he delivers that land. And in our next study, we're going to get to the importance of the land and how the land was also very much a part of providing a way for the Messiah because it was connected to legacy. And legacy was um, the descendants, uh, the line that Jesus would come through. And so um, God was raising up A nation that would provide a lineage and through that lineage, there would be constant authenticating factors that the Messiah was coming. And then once the Messiah was here, you could go back and you could see how every promise made was kept by God and pointing to Jesus and so land and legacy so important in the Old Testament and truly very important in the New Testament because how does the Gospel of Matthew open up with a lineage leading to the birth of Jesus? So everything that's happening in this passage of Scripture is setting the 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 stage. For Jesus to come. So beautiful how God works. He works outside of our knowledge. He works outside of our ability. He, he works outside of our thinking, but he is always making a way. So we need to know in Genesis chapter 15 that God's dealing with um, land issues and legacy issues with Abram, and all of that was going to lead to the Messiah. All right, so Genesis chapter 15, picking up in verse 1. Again, this week, we're going to have four key points leading to our one transforming truth. So look with me in Genesis 15, starting in verse 1 after this. Okay, let's stop right there. After what? Remember what happened in Genesis chapter 14. After the war, after Abram had gone to battle and he had rescued Lot, and he had had that encounter with Melchizedek where he worshipped God and where he broke the bread and he took the wine and he gave a tenth of all of his possessions to uh, Melchizedek in order to worship the one true God. After all of that happened... Now we're at this encounter. Okay. So we've got to take the the past, the experiences that Abram had and bring that forward so that we can see the depth of what God's doing in his life. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. So again, God initiated. Abram's just out there doing his thing. He's living his life. He's taking care of his sheep. He's taking care of his people. He's out there doing his thing. And the Lord comes to Abram and speaks a word of proclamation over his life. And this proclamation will be our first key point. Let me read it for you in verse one. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. So we see our first key point in the midst of waiting, in the midst of plugging along in life and just doing our thing. We have to remember that God is our shield and he is our reward. Reward. I love that God initiates this encounter in Abram's life and he speaks to what we are going to learn is one of the deep seated questions and issues going on in Abram's life. That's how faithful God is. He knows what's going on inside of us and he sets the stage for those issues to be resolved. That's the sanctification process. What is that fear? What is that doubt? What is that struggle and how is God sovereignly and providentially and purposefully working so that it will come to the surface so that it can be dealt with in truth and in faith so that victory can be ours in and through Jesus Christ. And so God knows that Abram has some questions and that he has some doubts and that he has some concerns and that they are deep in Abram's heart. So God initiates an encounter and he goes to him and the first thing he says is, do not be afraid. Just let that settle in on you. The word afraid that's used in Genesis 15, 1, it has two meanings and the meaning that's used in this context is, it means to have an emotional or intellectual anticipation of harm or danger. It also means to have a sense of dread. So what God is saying to Abram is do not dread. Do not be afraid of the harm. Do not anticipate things going in a bad direction. I think some of us, all of us probably struggle with this. From time to time, especially after a difficult encounter like a war or a battle or a difficult season in life, we just continually wait for the bottom to fall out of our situation. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes it's because um, we may think we deserve that. Other times it may be because we think that that's just who God is and that he's out to get us. And so I love that this speaks to the character of God. And and what God is saying to Abram is don't be afraid. Don't dread the future. Don't wring your hands wondering how all this is going to come to pass. And then he gives him two reasons. And he says, Abram, I'm your shield. And, And as he's saying that, he's reminding Abram that it is God's job and it is God's privilege and it is God's rightful place to be his protector to be his shield, to be the one who, who protects and to provides and, and to care for his child. And I wonder if you can hear that truth today. As God is saying to you, do not be afraid. Do not dread the future. I am your shield. I am protecting you. I'm going before you. I'm making a way For you. And so, in the face of our overwhelming situations, do we see and do we know that God is the one who is providing safety and protection for us? And then God goes on to say, Not only am I your shield and I'm your protection, I am your reward. I am your reward Abram yes there's all kinds of physical blessings there's all kinds of experiences there are all kinds of relationships but all of those will fall short of ultimately meeting your need to be protected and to be provided for and I at the end of the day am the one that you're ultimately longing for I think that's so beautiful because it speaks to that relational space that is created by God and for God, and it's in all of our lives. As created beings, we were made to be in relationship with our Creator, so we have a longing for Him. We have a need for Him, and we try to fill it with so many things. We try to fill it with uh, maybe other people, maybe experiences, maybe we try to fill it uh, with controlling and, and being in control and putting all of our ducks in a row. But at the end of the day, can we be reminded of this truth from Abram's life that our, our sufficiency and our strength and our satisfaction will only be fully met in and through our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And then we get to add in the wonderful relationships and the wonderful opportunities and the wonderful experiences and the wonderful blessings of God. It doesn't have to be an either or. It really can be a both and. But God has to be first in our life in order for us to experience the full blessing of being in in relationship with God. That He is our very great reward. I also love that before God is going to confirm the land and um, promise and re-promise the legacy, that he is, is reminding Abram that at the end of the day, I'm the one who satisfies. I'm the one who ultimately fulfills the need in your life. And so we see in the midst of Um, maybe that the waiting process, which can be so hard, can we be reminded that God is our shield and that God is our reward. And as a result of that, we do not have to dread the future. So we see that God makes a very bold promise and he makes a very bold proclamation. And in the midst of that bold promise and bold proclamation, it brings to the surface, the questions that are going on in Abram's life. Let's look at this. In verse 2, immediately after God speaks, what does Abram say? But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Okay, so let's talk about our, our key point number two. God can handle our honest questions and our deep doubts. Like Abram brought it in this moment and he put everything on the table. And it's like he is trying to hang on to faith in this moment and he is saying, God, how can you say that you're my shield? How can you say that you're my reward? How can you say that I don't need to be afraid When I have have nothing. I have no one. I do not have a child. I do not have a descendant. And the very promise that you have made, it appears it is not going to be fulfilled. I mean, does anybody need to have that kind of conversation with the Lord? I, I just want to encourage you to do so and to not be afraid of Him, friends, to bring those honest questions, bring those doubts, bring those concerns, out there and put them on the table. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with the Lord. He already knows and He can handle it. And it is through this transparent process where we stop trying to do all the right things and be the good Christian girl and to have all the right answers, but get real in our faith that we're actually fortified in our faith. And so we've got to know that God can handle the questions, that He can handle the doubts, um, and that we can that we can get some resolution to those questions. This is gonna take us to our third key point. After we bring all those situations to the table, we bring those questions, we bring those doubts, we're gonna see that faith is key to the victory. But before Abram could get to that proclamation of faith, he had to be willing to listen to God's reply. He had to turn his ear to the Lord He had to turn his eyes to the Lord and he had to be open for the Lord to minister to him in his questions and doubts. And so I think this challenges us, friends. We can come up with the questions and we can figure those out. We know where we're hurting. We know where we're struggling. We know where we are maybe getting off in the ditch. But here's my question. Are we open to a new perspective? Are we open to God's word In the midst of that question, and in the midst of that concern, in the midst of that doubt, well, let's see how God answered Abram, picking up in verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside. And said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. So we see that Abram was open to maybe a correct a correction here. He was open to a different perspective. He was, he was realizing that his perspective on the situation was not God's perspective on the situation. And so now he's at what I would call a crisis of faith. Is he going to believe his perspective or is he going to believe God's perspective? And we see a very clear answer from Abram. And he didn't even have to think that long about it in verse 6. After God said, go and look at the stars and count them and your offspring is going to be as many as the stars. What did Abram do? Verse six, Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abram had faith. Abram didn't ask a ton of questions. Abram didn't try to come up with the different scenarios of how this might or might not happen. Abram had faith and that faith was the key to victory in Abram's life, and that faith is the key to victory in our life. So whenever we see Genesis 15, 6, that Abram believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness, we need to know that this is a profound verse in the Bible because oftentimes we think, well, how did the Old Testament believers How were they justified before God? How were they made right before God? In comparison to New Testament believers, and this verse levels the playing field. It has always been by faith. It has always been placing our trust in God. It has always been believing Him and choosing His way over our way. For us as New Testament believers, it is understanding that Jesus came and died in our place, and we put our faith. In Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of our sins. And as we place our faith in Jesus, His righteousness becomes our righteousness. And so we want to talk a little bit about righteousness. Because that's what happened to Abraham, is that as he had faith, as he believed God... His his life was credited as righteous, as rightly standing before God and rightly living before God. So let's talk a little bit about righteousness because I think it's a big theological word, but how do we flesh it out in our everyday life? So when I think about righteousness, I think about it in two categories, right standing and right living. Right standing happens through the process of salvation. Again, when we place our faith in Jesus— Jesus's righteousness becomes our righteousness. God sees us through the lens of Jesus's sacrificial death, and we move from spiritual death to spiritual life, and we are safe and secure as a child of God. And so we have right standing before God. But righteousness continues through the sanctification journey as we then have a chance for right living. And this is Jesus's right standing which is the his righteousness on our life being displayed in the everyday aspects of our life through the sanctification process so when we wake up in the morning and we have these overwhelming situations we have these doubts we have these questions we bring them before the lord we receive his instruction and we'll get to that in just a few minutes and then we live out the faith that is required to trust god's way over our way and that becomes sanctification as we become more more like him, and it is a daily journey. So, Genesis 15 6 has a lot of implication for us. It has an implication when it comes to salvation that we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sin, and it has an implication for sanctification as daily we choose God's way over our way so we can live a life of faith which leads us to our victory. Okay, so let's move on and let's see verse 7. God also said to Abram, I am the Lord who brought you out of the Ur of Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So we see another move of God that brings up a question. God reminds Abram where they where their relationship started. It started all the way back in Genesis chapter 12 when God appeared to Abram and said, listen, you and your family get up and move and go to a land that I will show you. And so God's going all the way back to the very beginning, and he's dealing with questions that is from the very beginning of their relationship, and that's just the beauty of God. His sanctifying work isn't a surface level work; it is a deep work. It is a a penetrating work. It is a it is a work that goes down to the very difficult situations and circumstances going on in our life, and so uh, we see that these questions are just coming to the surface and. Immediately, God is going to take us to our fourth key point, which is God is going to provide exactly what Abram needed to know that God was with him and that God was for him. And we are going to be able to see in this same point that God will provide exactly what we need. And so this is the portion of Genesis 15 where God and Abram enter into covenant with one another. So the Lord said to him in verse nine, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, "'Each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. "'Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, "'and arranged the halves opposite of each other. "'The birds, however, he did not cut in half.' The birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. Verse 12, as the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Now listen to verse 13. Then the Lord said to him, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years but I will punish the nations they serve as slaves. And afterwards, they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. So we see that God is painting a picture of what's going to happen in the future. He is painting a picture of the Exodus and how this people that is gonna come from this one descendant will come out of captivity in Egypt And they will go to the promised land and they will settle there and they will be a nation. And so they entered into covenant. And at that moment, when Abram and God entered into covenant, it was a done deal. And later on, if we have and when we have time to look at the nation of Israel and their journey to the promised land, we'll come back and we'll see the significance of Genesis chapter 15, how it secured the victory and how all they had to do was walk in faith, but how that was actually. A real struggle for them, but but let's just hone in right here for this moment in Abram's life, and let's realize that Abram demonstrated faith, which led to victory in his life. But in the process, God provided exactly what he needed. God reminded Abram about the beginning of the relationship and how the promised land had always been on God's heart for Abram's descendants. And just like the promised land was always on God's heart for Abram's descendants, there is victory and there is promise that is on God's heart for us as New Testament believers. And that's how I want us to wrap up our time together. Whenever we think about what we need and how God provides exactly what we need and how all of that comes through the covenant of Jesus and his sacrificial death, the new covenant, uh, there's four things that I want us to take away from our study together today. And the first is this, that God sent Jesus to secure our salvation, which provides victory over the grave. The second is this, God sent the Holy Spirit to be our guide, which provides daily victory over sin. The third thing that God does for us in the new covenant is that God gave us his word so that we will know how to live. And this provides victory over confusion and shame and doubt and fear. And finally, God gave us the church. He gave us the family of God. He gave us one another so that we are not alone. And this provides victory over isolation and loneliness. So how do we access the victory? We go back to Genesis chapter 15, verse six, and we proclaim what Abram said to be true in our life that we believe God and that because of that belief in God and an acceptance to live his way instead of our way, that our lives will be credited as righteous before God because of Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of our sins. And because daily we're going to take up the shield of faith and we're going to walk in truth and in obedience. And so as we do that, Genesis 15, 6 becomes so real for us that we could say, I believe God. I know for certain that God's way is the right way, and I am going to live for Him. So this brings us to our transforming truth. It's going to provide um, the the wrap-up, the conclusion for this lesson. God is sure, steady, and able, even in the midst of our questions and doubts. Friends, it is through the process of working through the questions and the doubts and us experiencing the steadiness of God, the the sureness of God, the certainty of God, the love of God, that we can come to the place of faith. Again, we want to cultivate faith in our life by believing God, by trusting God, by taking steps of faith and to know that he is already there making a way for us. And so uh, as we conclude um, Genesis chapter 15, I want to encourage you to read this chapter in, in its full. And I want you to really look at these four key points in our one transforming truth and to think about the fact that God is your shield. He is your reward. And because of that, you do not have to be afraid. And that God can handle your honest questions and your deep doubts. You don't have to hold back and you don't have to try to clean yourself up in order to come to God. Faith is the key to victory. What will it take for you to be able to say, Yes, Lord, I believe you, and I am going to go your way instead of my way. And finally, know that God provides everything that you need under the new covenant of grace um, through Jesus Christ, that you have salvation that you have uh, the Holy Spirit, that you have the Word of God, and that you have the family of God, and you are not alone. So I'm praying for you this week. We're going to flesh these topics out throughout the week, and we're going to dig deep into our honest questions and our deep doubts as we trust God to build faith in and through our lives. I love you, and I'll talk to you soon.